Now we get to find out who Dick is finally in Chapter 7. Dun, dun, you should dun. already know. But or you went and read it in Genesis yesterday because you were like, what on earth do these people keep talking about? But if you didn't go back to Genesis and read it, and you still don't know who he is, this is who he is. In verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of God Most High. Uh, Salem was Jerusalem a long time ago. Like back in Abraham's day. Which is if you would have read Genesis you would know this whole story. But here it is. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name Melchizedek means king of justice, and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, nor the beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. We have no record. It's not, you know, it's obviously, not it's, it's specifying that, yes, that he isn't some divine being that's separate from Jesus. Just like no, you can go it's back a, and look at Joseph correct. as a foreshadow. And it is a mysterious, a very mysterious foreshadow of Christ. Uh, but he is not a divine figure or anything like that. It's just if so. That's why the wording is very careful it, here in Hebrews, where he's saying resembling the Son of God, and there's no record. You know, it's not saying that there it doesn't exist. It's just not recorded. And I'm sorry that it sounds like a mosh pit. Yeah, is you know, over our head. it's the we, puppy. It is the puppy now. And she won't stop. People by this time are sick of our excuses and are like, can these people just get better equipment and but, better? T- but then I feel like they watch the vlog maybe. And they understand. And they see our household yeah. and they're like, oh, bless their hearts. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was part of even just sitting down here and doing these things is we don't care. So if you guys will bear with us and stay with us this long. Yeah. Then... But sorry for, the, again, the mosh pit happening no, no. over our heads. That's me, the, all right, the girls are trying to quiet the puppy, so hopefully it gets better and you guys can hear this because, sorry, again. So let's just read the Bible, and then that way people can't get mad at us. We're like, what? We're reading the Bible. Who cares about distractions around you? <laughs> sorry about the dog mosh pit over our heads. All right, so four. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now the law of Moses required that the priests, who are descendants of Levi, must collect a tithe from the rest of the people of Israel, who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek, who is not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are, because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the one who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi wasn't born yet, 
The seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood, with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah, and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. Huge deal, guys. We do not understand That's how huge what, this is. This is very important about knowing your Old Testament and, and going through um, all the Old Testament. All of it. And knowing it and understanding it and studying it because these things are huge and they're very specifically laid out in the books of Moses they're very very clear on these things and, and how all of these things work so when you see what the author is talking about here Jesus fits all of these things perfectly and he fulfills every single thing that all of these laws were set up for and he is he, fulfills he is them just and installs new, new ones correct um, which is this big we see so much division in the church but especially I mean one that we see so frequently now is this Torah observance movement right and we're not understanding here there is no still under these old covenants our high priest is not a Levite. Like right. you don't like it for as much as you guys want to claim Torah observance, there's a big difference here. And again, this is where you see with Hebrews where the author is talking to mainly Jews mm -hmm. and because they would be going, How does this work? Yeah, but we they're like he's even saying he's be... like Yeah, but he's saying, Okay, but Mekilzedek we look at Melchizedek as he's even higher than the Levite priest. Yes, and he comes from and the he doesn't tribe and he comes Judah. from Judah. Yeah, exactly. So, and so he's making the point of saying to a yeah, you're right, to a bunch of Jews because he's explaining to them because obviously the Jews would be going, well, what about all these laws? What about right. all these regulations that we have been subject to right. our whole lives? Well, and what about Melchizedek? We're explaining <laughs> yeah. here, just like Melchizedek. Jesus is a priest from that line because he is not a Levite, which mm -hmm. the priest must come from a tribe of Levi. Jesus right. did not, but he is the eternal high priest. There is no priest higher than him. And well, then if you're following the same Torah law, that would then push us into this we are in a new covenant because Jesus, not being a Levite, would it just it doesn't work right <laughs> so that's where it, it just blows my mind when you see these people that are so they're creating such division between the body of christ because you must be Torah observant you must do all of these things and if you love god you'll really do these things and yada yada whatever and it's like do how are you missing this it's a whole new covenant it is not the same all of those things were to last forever and ever and ever until they were fulfilled they lasted for thousands of years until they were fulfilled <laughs> and we are now under a new covenant because christ is now the high priest seated at the right hand of god it's not that hard no but it's funny because even the even the ancient jews knew that the that uh 
the promised Messiah from the line of David was going to come from Judah. So but, it's not like so it's it's, yeah, he's thing. explaining this, but they're saying, no, surely it couldn't be him. Yeah. Couldn't have been him because, well, because he's from the tribe of Judah. <laughs> All right. Makes you crazy. So hopefully, anyway, if yeah, it's an it's interesting history. Read it, know it, and then a lot of this makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. What verse did you leave off? I leave off on. I think you're in fifteen. Was it fifteen? Oh, here we go in fifteen. Maybe not, but start there. The change has been made very clear since a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of life that cannot be destroyed. And as the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are our priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it is weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. The new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Amen. So that is, a lot of that is just very extremely important too for the audience that this would have been written to, is they would have been battling Jews left and right. Sure. And we see that in the letters, in the other letters that these Jews were coming in trying to sway people away from the faith or or claiming that they had to observe um, this Old Testament law to be able to be saved and and you must do these things right. Dietary restrictions. So to the audience explaining this and going through this whole very important very very detailed thing. This is very important to arm people of the audience uh, to defend the arguments that would have been coming yeah. because uh, these these all would have been points that they would have brought up to try to disprove you know mm-hmm. different things or, or you know different things so we know we know there was 
lot of issues with the Hebrews during this period of time, and there still is. They still, they we still they still don't agree with us. Yet. Yeah. So, but this explains why that is, or why Jesus fulfills all of that. So that was chapter seven. I'm gonna do eight and nine still this today. All right. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build a tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you on the mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, had been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God, based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people, and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. I'm just going to keep reading on it to 9 and not say a whole lot about that because this goes on to explain a lot more. The first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand and a table and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a second room called the Most Holy Place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and stone tablets of the covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of divine glory whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room. 
as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priests ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. We have a better system. We have a much better system. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater and more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies for ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds, so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is, that is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. You know, I've had highlighted in my Bible forever, but I don't know. I just think there needs to be more weight that we really think here. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. You know, we talked in a podcast recently. I don't remember which one because they all kind of blend together, but about... <laughs> how if it is guilt or fear or things like that that are weighing on you that is not from God right we will beat ourselves up over past sins past things and yes we do look back on those things and go oh my gosh God how good are you that you sent your son to save me. I'm I'm horrible. I've done so many things that are so evil and so detestable to you. Okay, so that's one thing. But we can get caught so easily in this this period where we just constantly beat ourselves up and, and we can't move past things or we refuse to move past things. You know that? You see that with people so often? And they just continue it's like they have these demons and they drag them around with them mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's not yes the demons could show up and haunt you of things of your past but there's right, some but people they bound that by purposely them. like drag right. them and around they, and with they it remain bound and it by says them. here how much more would the blood of Christ purify our consciences mm -hmm. from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God mm -hmm. that you're destroying the power of that blood 
if you are refusing to give all of that up, to let that be a thing of the past and have nothing to do with it, you're not a slave to that sin anymore. And I just think that that there, and it's and, and you're not a slave to it anymore. You can let it all go so that you can worship the living God. The living, the now, the future. That's what you're worshiping. You know, I just think that's No, that was a, a great that was a great thing to put in there because it, it's hard for me. I read Hebrew I read Hebrews I gain a lot out of the book. Mm -hmm. But I read Hebrews way more direct. Like I understand what the author is communicating mm -hmm. to his audience as far as a Jewish audience. Mm -hmm. Um that that is would be in question or would have to explain how Christ fits all of these things and how this covenant and, and everything that he brought in was the fulfillment of sure. all of these systems and everything that yeah. happened. So I read it just very direct like that. But to take something out of it like, you know, yeah, the, 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 the purifying of the... Of sin and something like that. Yeah, that, that's a great, great, great input on it. And please interject with that because it's so hard. This is a little bit more difficult for me because I obviously want to get way more. Uh... Well, in there too. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins that they had committed under Oops, the. Brandon's sorry. loud. Sorry, guys. That's my mouth. Under the first covenant. You know, we look at. Um, you know, when Christ tells them, hey, my yoke is light, mm -hmm. or my, you know, my yoke is, my burdens are light. Like, it, you don't, the old system, it was a lot, yeah, right? To live under what, that, it's a lot. Yeah, and that's so much so that the, he even, Jesus rebuked them for saying that you can't, I mean, these are impossible demands that you're making. You can't, you don't even keep them yourselves, but you expect the people to keep them. Well, and that's where we've had people come to us that, you know got wrapped up kind of in this Torah observance movement mm -hmm. again that's just really big it's come into light here lately and it's become huge and they really wore with it because they're like no matter what I do the more I read the more you know I, I can't keep up these things I can't do them I mean you have to pick and choose and they, they have their reasons they come up with but you have to pick and choose which laws you think are worthy to still be doing and which ones you don't you know for whatever reasons that they have um, but you and even if you want to do that, okay, but you're going to fail at it. It's, you just, it's you impossible. Can't. It's impossible. And, and that was the point of it. The point of it was to show where the sin was. Right. And, and, until and, it could all be fulfilled by Messiah. And this new covenant under Messiah could be applied. And, and, he, and even the Messiah even tried to point that out in the most basic of ways by saying, okay, well, who here if your ox falls into a ditch don't you go do yeah you're not going to do anything you're not going to be like oh my well it's the sabbath can't come back till sundown sorry ox. ox hope it works out for you buddy yeah no you go rushing you're out there the source of my livelihood my yeah. main machine here yeah no you go running out there to pull it out of whatever horrible situation that it's in and you don't even think twice about it yeah and that's what jesus is going Bingo. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to communicate. Um, where was I going with that? No, I think that just that was it. I mean, you can't, you cannot, the point of the law 
was to point out our sins, was to point out how you That's can't right. do it. The whole yeah. point of the whole old covenant system was to show that you can't do it. And I see so many people that they say, well, we have grace and Torah. No, you don't understand it, sweetie. You have grace in the discussion. There is no extra in there. And, and by not fully comprehending that, you're taking away the power of Christ. You know, we just read, you're, if you're going to take, if you're not going to take him and you're going to turn from him and you're nailing him back up to the cross again. So if you're going to take that grace that his death, his brutal, horrid death, when for an innocent man, mm -hmm. what that was, if you're not going to take just that grace in the serious light that it is, you're not some of it. This. Some of it is just rubbing it back in his face, and you don't even yeah, realize it. Yeah. And, and some of it is satanically And I know many rooted. of these people not, don't. Not all of it. I feel don't like, mean it. No. Yeah, they don't mean it. And I feel like but it comes the enemy off well is in yeah. there, hardcore. Because oh, yeah. if you look at the root of some of this, is you're right. You're not letting the blood do it. The blood atonement do its job. Yeah. By holding to these things. And holding others to these things and holding these things up higher than anything. Yeah. Or like you've got some secret knowledge yeah. that no other Christian can grow a life in the spirit unless they understand these things mm -hmm. about about the Hebrews or about uh, um, Torah or about, you know, it, it, this is ridiculous. And I see this all over the place, especially. Especially oh, with that so movement. much. Later. They think they're special. They believe that there's some sort of knowledge, extra knowledge that you get. Now, yes, there's definitely understanding that you get and things click and you go, wow, I never looked at it like that before. I never understood it like that before. Because That's what Jesus Because have done a meant. disservice yes. in getting rid of all things Jew. But it's completely. not it's not some new enlightenment where you get extra you know, points because you you do these things. Matter of fact, no, it, it it's a lot of it smears it back in his face. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he he came so that your grace is sufficient. Sufficient, right, that exactly. That was it. You need nothing else. Nor do you need to conform his like you said earlier, his yoke is light. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have this heavy burden. Yes. Burden he is summed easy. the law up into one thing. Love. Love. So that that was what he summed the law up into. Yeah. Was so if, one word. So if was we want to get big on being subject to the law, you're right. The law is that we love because that is the, the law of Christ, that God is number one above all and that we do everything we can putting ourselves last and others before us. So yeah, if we want to all, which we all need to be doing and we all need to take seriously, but if you want to, you know, make a big movement about that, that's what we need to be focusing on here, folks. Yeah, that's where it needs to be focused on. And just... Yeah, call and I don't mean to touch on that so often. It's just the one that I see so frequently. Well, but we're going through Hebrews where yeah, this and it's is hard. I mean, this is what he's talking about. So how all of these things work, and it's almost like this is explaining it to somebody that would be uber Torah observant, like or wouldn't you know? Well, the, the, and, but that's the thing we have to do. Don't just take our word for it. Don't take your pastor's word for it. Don't take whatever YouTube superstar's word for it. 
you have to weigh things with scripture. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is telling you like this, that to show God how much you love him, you should keep a kosher diet. You should be strict about Especially a, be careful with Instagram and YouTube with yeah. this. But this you should be, you know, Friday evening to Saturday at sundown, Sabbath observant. You should observe the Holy Feast. You should only wear this. You should keep your head cut. Whatever, insert whatever thing you want to there. Weigh it by scripture and not cherry-picked verses, the entire scripture. Yeah, look at what Jesus said about, like, and that's why Jesus even brought up the point of David going in and eating the bread for the priests. Yeah. Saying, haven't you read no what no. David did when he was hungry? That is a, like, Huge big no-no. No, no. And nobody was raking David over the coals. <laughs> yeah, like, when when people did things and went places, especially in the temple or in the tap, or, or anything to do with well, God's household. look at household, Aaron's sons who walked in without their undies on right, and got burnt up immediately. Like, I mean, it's pretty serious. Yeah, so, um, anytime... Where, whether it's the tabernacle, whether it's the temple, the temple it, it, God is very, very specific on things. But that's what that's what Jesus is bringing up the point. Like he he did what he had to do. His heart was still right, but he broke the law. So the law wasn't meant to be something to lord over you like this. Mm -hmm. So that's what you can learn from these um, from these people that try to like the YouTube superstars or the Instagram door observant superstars. Well, and that's the whole point. Is, that, yeah, go ahead. What? It was just going to say, if you're convicted, you truly have taken it to prayer, you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you on something. Listen to that, of course. If you think you're feeling a guilt or you think it's some form of conviction because some other person has put that in you, no, you don't have to. You have to weigh these things by scripture. And I feel like there's pretty much every book following the gospel clarifying these various different points. So you've got to throw the baby out with the bathwater to make a lot of these mm -hmm. things hold weight. And if you're throwing out scripture to make something hold weight, I just... Whatever you are believing and you are doing, this is how you test true doctrine. It must hold up when being cross-examined by all scripture. If it does not hold up when you have cross-examined it by all scripture, mm -hmm. notice the all, mm -hmm. then it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. But we, we don't do that. We just take someone's word for it or people are very, there's people with great arguments out there. You watch some of these people, and heck, you almost get like, well, you're right. I do believe that. You know what I mean? And then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, you, you have to be diligent about these things, especially we know the closer we get to Christ's return, the more false Christ, the more false teachers, the more, you know, fake news, you know, that really is out there. And you need, mm -hmm. we all must be aware with that and be checking that. Well, and, and, right, and right now, and my heart goes out because there's so many false teachings out there so much. so many and, and it sounds and it, good and it sucks throwing content out here on youtube mm -hmm. and on the different platforms because it's so easy for anybody to get on these platforms and just say whatever they want to say oh anybody can be an expert and they do it all mm -hmm. the time and you know especially some people with weak faith mm -hmm. that have little faith can be swayed in so many different oh, directions yeah. 
my heart goes out to that because like a reed bending in the wind. You know, I I, I read that and I, I look at these things and I make light of it. I call you tinfoil hat Heidi, and, and you're smart enough not to. I think sometimes I have to pull you out of the water. Sometimes, but you're smart enough not to do that. But then I look for somebody that that's really just kind of that minded, but really yeah. isn't doesn't really know enough to. To go and they just get swayed by these these false teachings, whether they be left mm-hmm. or right. And I mean, I've seen them in the most innocent ways. Oh, totally. Um, most of the time, they that are. have come and they're scary, and the, and a lot of times they lead people away. They lead people into heresy. They they're destructive heresies. Mm-hmm. Um, the apostles warned us about these types of people that came in and would and would do these things, and and that's the first type of people that they would go after is those that are. That are that are weaker in faith, that are a little bit, you know, that aren't, um, you know, as mature as others are. And I know we're going to wrap this up, but one thing I want to note that is kind of one of those dead giveaways is we are having to really watch these things and look out for these things. Anything Guys, that gets you away from scripture. this world, right? Where Satan is just going bananas because he knows his time is drawing close. This world does not want to hear truth. So the bigger the audience the person has, the more you need to go through every word with a fine-tooth comb. And be cautious. So when you are seeing these people with even hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, all these things, they're on all the magazines, all the speaking tours, all the platforms, all the things. It's not every single person. I'm not saying that. But this world does not want to hear truth. So the more truth is spoken, the more people of this world turn away and walk away and from it. And the less it, popular people The are. less popular it is. So I'm not saying, saying that people that, that, that have big followings aren't speaking truth. but And not everybody with a small following is perfect and on point. I don't mean but that. But it should, it should make you play close attention. Yeah. When somebody has a the, following, the like fine toothness of that comb should be even finer the larger <laughs> the platform and, of support. And under that's that why is. this plat. This is why us. We don't. We won't grow huge. Like because I, I mean, no maybe we would based off of what we're doing here, and that would be cool because that would mean that we have that, a bunch that of many people, people want a or raw truly truth. Yeah. want a raw truth, and I, I would hope and pray for that. But I don't expect it. I expect to stay. I expect very us to small. not have much success. And we joke about it, but if it is five people, I don't know who listens to these. I don't. Nor do I care. I just feel like God is moving us to towards this. Yeah. And I feel like I need to serve somebody. Whoever Maybe God I can help somebody yeah. by just taking it back to the simple reality of God's truth. Yeah. It's it's very simple and it's right here in front of us and we don't hear it as much as we should. But we will never ever use this platform for any kind of popularity, for any kind of thing to to We'd fail at it if we tried. <laughs> well, I mean you know, we see plenty of examples of people who do that. That I, we were just talking before we even started this podcast of people that just turn have turned it into a sales pitch mm. for themselves. They are selling themselves, and just know I'm very, very harsh on that. I mean, I'm very harsh on you on that. I make sure that 
even everything with the minimal minimalist homeschool. I'm like, I'll come up and tell you. I'm like, honey, your face is all over the place too much. We need to watch that because it's not about our face. It's about the message that mm-hmm. that we have. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the chickens. It's not about funny stories. It's it's, it's about Christ. And we, we always want to keep people's focus on that because he's changed our lives and we just want to share that he does change lives. It's not easy. You will go through hard times, but there's so much peace, love, and comfort and truth in his word that will get you along. So that that's, that's the way that we feel about it. You want to finish reading chapter I guess nine? we should keep going. Where, what verse am I 16. Yeah. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. I, I'm confusing so many people probably by stopping in the middle like that. Ranting and forever going, and then going back. I'm so sorry for that. Because Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. So now going into this yeah. here, showing right. how we've moved into this new covenant under christ through his death yes verse 17 yes verse 17 thank you for summing that up the will goes into effect only after the person's death while the person who made it is still alive the will cannot be put into effect thus when jesus said until the heavens and earth have disappeared not one word of the The law law will have disappeared okay he died that old covenant has died when he died, that was everything disappearing. Now he resurrected. Correct. Okay. Verse 18. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with the water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, This blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of the things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary... Christ would have had to die again and again, ever since the world began. (laughs) Clearly not the case. Not the case. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly awaiting him. Amen. Amen. Eagerly awaiting him indeed. 
Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us a little bit longer, but uh, tomorrow we'll go ahead and work. Uh, we're just going to do chapters 10 and 11 tomorrow because there is quite a bit of content in between those. Um, and apparently we tend to run over time sometimes, so we're just going to do two tomorrow. <laughs> but thank you guys for hanging out with us again today. Yep, thank you.